Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Geekable. Today, it's just family. It's just me and Nick, and we are talking comic books. There's a lot of good stuff coming out, and so we thought we'd take the opportunity to recommend you some of our favorite books that are coming out right now that you can catch up on, easily read and get into, and hopefully enjoy as much as we do. Uh, but first of all, Nick, you just went to Boston Comic Con, and rumor mill has it that you met a lot of awesome people. So how, how was that? Oh yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Boston Comic Con is it's it's really always you know just an an awesome time. I will say though that this time a lot, unfortunately, a lot of our writers and artists that I was hoping to to meet, um, and some of them meet again, where they bailed uh, probably due to COVID, this and that. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, Frank Thierry was supposed to be there. Um, a few other heads that I really wanted to meet, but let's focus on who was there. There was three people that I I was you know, just over the moon to, to finally meet and, and uh, just talk to for a little bit. And the first one was Jerome Opeña. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Just like level art, super t- and so humble, so humble. Like I, I approached him and he, uh, you know, he was like, you know, he was going through some of the pages of the OGN he did for um, the, uh, you know, the, the event uh, Rage of Ultron, you know, the, the, the graphic novel, which is in. I remember that. Yeah. He did such great pages for that. And um. And he was like, yeah, you know, these are 800 bucks. Like if it was up to me, it'd be a hundred dollars. But, you know, because, you know, because I can't trust myself, I have my, uh, you know, he had a person, he had like a legit, like art, you know, enthusiast there to like grade his stuff and like s- sell it. But anyway, he, he was a really great guy. That was cool. You know, just to see some of his, his pages, like, um, yeah, he was, he was cool. Got a cool picture with him. We saw John Boy Myers. And when I say we, I was literally there with my mom. She's like, Aww. she's like my official like line waiter and uh, and just like little helper through the day. She that makes you. I mean, <laughs> for anyone listening who doesn't know you and is looking at you right now, that makes you sound like one of those basement dwellers. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Oh I, my gosh! It's my mom did a comic con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she 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 loves I it. She's like uh... Nick has a social life. He has a girlfriend <laughs> and. <laughs> No, um, yeah, she she loves and the a energy. very shredded six pack. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I do try. <laughs> um, but no, no, she she loves the energy. She's uh, you know, she 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 somehow like keeps up with it all. It's really cool. But um, but yeah, I saw John Boy Myers, who's just an awesome, awesome human being, and um, and and you know, does incredible art for you know Marvel, DC, Spawn, all these really cool, uh, you know, legendary people and but um i heard that you met a certain star from guardians of the galaxy i did i met michael rooker I, and and here's the proof just a little signed <laughs> thing um yeah i i went up to him and, and actually I'll, I'll admit it on air i tried to like get him on geekable of course and uh that would have been just, amazing it would have been amazing would have been a really nice guy though uh you know he's 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 a little he's a little out there uh you know he's okay. he was just like he was very like eccentric no mask just he just the guy was just in his own little world and it's just loves that yeah he was he seems like a very humble kind of guy he seems like that kind of person yeah yeah he was in a tutu too it was like he's just a uh he just doesn't care he's just a guy nice. who just doesn't care. Yeah, it was so overall fun you know saw some great pickups if you want to see what i got um go to one of our most recent uh posts on geekable and you can see some of the cool comics that i got but um 
but yeah, uh, Comic-Con was, you know, made the most out of it. It was great going to a Comic-Con, um, which is taking place in Boston, the 26th to the 28th, which I will post some more awesome finds that I will hopefully get my hands on. But yes. yeah, you know, let's get into it for today. Um, a lot of these series are, the, I mean, every single one that we're mentioning right now is currently ongoing. There yes. is one that is ending too soon. Um, mm-hmm. But let's get into it. I want to hear... Like, I want to talk about these. We agreed on a pre, like, predetermined list that we both agree on. These are five comic books that we love so much. And we are excited every time they come out. Every time it's Wednesday, oh, it's yeah. comic book day. We're like, oh, my God. First, so, ones, to, first ones to read. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So let's start with our number five. Number five, we have Black Widow. Black Widow. As, uh, Black Widow is just, it's honestly the series that surprised me. I mean, it came out came out like five months ago. Um, you know, it was just, you know, Kelly Thompson, A-list writer. It was, it was off your radar in the beginning. Yeah, it was. And then I was like, you have to read Black Widow. Yeah, yeah you and another another friend and fan of the show were like, you have to, you have to read this, Nick. You have to read this. And so and I went back, over. retroactively got all of the issues. The next day, it was nominated for an Eisner. They all shot up. I was like, thank God I got it while I, while I did. Um, and then and, we had uh, the honor of having the one and only Kelly Thompson on the show with us, who was so humble and so nice. Yeah. And we're so happy for the Eisner nomination. And it's well-deserved. And oh, yeah. I believe it, it even won. It did. It, it did. did. It won. That's perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. The team entirely deserves it. Um, if anybody wants to check out that episode, you can scroll back down in our episode list and you will find our interview with Kelly Thompson. It was genuinely a great fun time. Yeah, it was. And, why um, do you love this book so much, Nick? I, I love it. I love it mostly because of just, okay, first of all, there's no Red Room, which I, I kind of like am like, okay with that. You know, we had Mark Way do Red Room. We, you know, a lot of great creators did their own little, you know, stories revolving the Red Room. This doesn't really have anything to do with that. And I think it's very refreshing that it doesn't because that's pretty much like the big enemy of Black Widow is like the Red Room. And it, they're not using it this time. Kelly Thompson- yeah is is not going in that direction and i think that's great um you know what really works the best is in my opinion just the action scenes and the, like the dramatic take with uh you know with the involves family and you know family distant and and family that's biological and family that's that's it's 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 a, it's a gut-wrenching series and it really shows why black widow is an avenger and why she is like one of the deadliest people. I, I would go as far as to say, like in the galaxy, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. What I really loved about the, the book is especially in like volume one, it kicks off with like a complete left field turn for yeah. Natasha. We don't know what's going on. It's like a slow burn of a mystery and it unravels beautifully in front of our eyes at least as we begin to understand the ins and outs of this new life that Black Widow is leading after she goes missing. And I thought that was brilliantly done. The art is spectacular. Oh, so good. The so art good. by Elena Casagrande, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is just beautiful. And it's very emotive. And I think the art really elevates the writing of Kelly Thompson. I think they're a wonderful dynamic duo. It's like there's a, there's the synergy there, you know? Definitely. Some of the some of the pages are like splash pages full of fight sequences and, and like some small mini panels and details here and there that really complement the book. And I just think it's definitely worth checking out for anybody who would like to get to know Natasha more and like the ins and outs of her life. And for someone who maybe watched the movie and wants to get to know, you know, the character better. So it's a perfect time to get into Black Widow 
It's only, I think, 12 issues in at this point or 13. So the second arc just wrapped up and you can pick it up and hopefully you will enjoy it. And if you do pick it up and read it, please let us know. Yes, definitely let us know. And and I just want to say too, that I think a big reason I didn't really start out with Black Widow was because I haven't really read too much of her solo stuff. So this was a great way to get into it. Because like you said, it just totally left field. You don't need to know really anything prior to this. You know, it's just, it's all there. And it's a, it's a great segue into, into, for me, just a new character and some new lore. So Absolutely. So for our fourth pick, we have Hellions by Zeb Wells. Now, there are a bunch of X books coming out right now. I think there's like a, around 10 or yeah. even more at this point. But Hellions, for both Nick and myself, is one of the most you know, enjoyable ones for us. Even though Marauders, 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 even though Marauders has like a very special place in my heart, I am entertained by Hellions more. And I think it's very accessible for anyone who is not a huge X person who knows all the characters because the team is made of a bunch of different weird characters. We have Psylocke leading the team and Havoc, and then a bunch of smaller characters that made their appearances throughout the years that I am personally, I, I was not familiar with. And so reading this book, I got hooked onto them and I fell in love with these new characters. And they're all just a bunch of really, really messed up people. And they're very funny. Yeah, yeah. I would almost go as far as to spin it as like a like a demented Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy, they're all kind of like, you know, a-holes. True. And, I, I could see that. Yeah, and this is, this is just that on steroids. I mean, this is just, you have, it's, and the book is hilarious. The book is hilarious. Honestly, if, you know, Anas and I agreed on this list before we hit the show, but I, 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 this is for me like a, a just an unbelievable series, and I, I think it was definitely Eisner worthy. But that's my question to you: Wh- What about this series do you think doesn't make it Eisner worthy? Because I, I feel I like it's, it's missing. It might be too niche. It's too niche. Yeah, maybe that's maybe, exactly. Yeah, I think because right. the target, the target audience is like very specific hardcore x fans yeah but when you get into it it's really a lot more accessible than that you know I, I just said that i'm going into it not knowing half of the cast and i'm still finding it enjoyable and mr sinister is iconic, oh, iconic. Team. so oh. good i think this this is like the definitive mr sinister for me from now on like that is my mr sinister because before i used to be in love with a character from the animated tv show I used to love Mr. Sinister from the X-Men Legends Rise of Apocalypse video game. Oh, but cool. This, this Sinister tops it all off. He's just really, really funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's, again, excellent. And this book will I just, I can't stress it enough. This book will make you laugh. I've never read a series. I, I don't know what issue we're on now. I think we're on like 14. I, I yeah, something like that. We just finished up the second arc. Yeah, yeah. And every arc's been just absolutely outstanding. But um, this book, like I'm literally sitting in my chair flipping the pages, laughing, laughing, like the humor. It's the best humor that I've, I've, I've ever experienced in a comic. And I thought that Jerry Dugan would take, take the crown for that, but I really have to give it to Zeb Wells. Cause this is just, yeah. it, it makes also me shout out to Steven Segovia for the art because Definitely. it is beautiful. Oh. He is, it's very dynamic and he has very good comedic timing. So those jokes really land like they, yeah. they, again, it complements each other. And I think they're a great team. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. I, I, would urge you to check out Hellions for sure. For number three, we have a series that 
you know, I, this should go without saying, I mean, it's the rage. It's, it's everyone's, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's sad that it's ending. We have the immortal Hulk, yes. you know, this series just, it seriously just outdid itself. And, you know, talking about fresh starts, like this series from issue one was just a new direction for the Hulk that kind of still serves to its, to the roots. You know, the Hulk, when it first came out by Stanley and Jack Kirby in, in the early sixties, it was a horror comic. It was a horror comic for, you know, it, it, it's, it's, and that's what, that's what they did with this. And it just worked so well. And Joe Bennett, I think the last thing he did before this was Iron Man and his art was, was, was okay. It was def- it was, it was definitely above average, but this art is just, uh, you know, the body horror and everything. It's yeah. a horror book. It's a Marvel it is, it is horror book. It's plainly a horror book. And I will be the first to say, I'm not the biggest Hulk fan. Mm. I'm more of a She-Hulk person myself, but having read the Immortal Hulk, I can now see the appeal that this character has had for decades upon decades. You know, the different identities, the, the Grey Hulk, the Monster Hulk, Devil Hulk, all those different Hulks. Right. I can now see the interest. I can see the appeal. I get it. I get the Hulk rave. I get why Hulk is an Avenger. I get why Hulk is such a prominent character in pop culture. And so I just think that this book is a very good entry to a Hulk comic book if you've never picked one up before because it is definitely something that you will not find anywhere else on the shelves. I would say in terms of like out there-ness, this is one of the most out there comic books that I am reading right now. And the fact that it's coming from Marvel and a big two company that is known to create such classical stories that are just like bing, bang, boom, action, adventure type books. It is very, very a different take on the character and one that I would highly recommend um al ewing is an amazing writer who will be dearly dearly missed when he departs the the immortal hulk it's run off it's it's like at issue 50 it's ending at issue 50 which is an amazing run yeah that needs to be that needs to be stated over and over again like this lasted 50 issues not to mention some of the one shots that al did in between true a series you know this day and age ends at like issue 12 so this i mean this is unfortunately crazy. yeah yeah this is so i mean that speaks a lot to it and, and just one other thing that that needs to be said about immortal health is like this book tackles real real problems i mean dissociative identity disorder is is like the the main the main theme it's the main theme yeah besides horror a lot of like about mental illness about yeah. death grief and all of that stuff it's a about- sad book yeah. It's a very sad book, and I believe it really dives into Bruce Banner's PTSD and his relationship with his father, because that was a very prominent oh, theme yeah. that went for a couple of arcs, and it was very gut-wrenching to see their story unfold, because I was not very familiar with um, Bruce Banner's relationship with his parents. I don't know much about the characters I mentioned. So they did this thing where they brought on the original pages, and they just... Yeah complemented the entire story and they expanded on the story and they explained how things that were told like decades ago are being brought back and that just goes to show how Al and the entire team that was behind this book is like really it's the passion project for them it is it is and and you know just I'm so glad that someone like Al came along and played around with you know what uh you know um what Peter David did uh, back, you know, with, with the old comics, that's, that's the exposure I had with, with the whole dynamic between Bruce Banner and, and his mother and his father. And Al Ewing just came and played with that. I mean, that was a sandbox that needed to be just, you know, exploding with storytelling. And that's exactly what yeah, he did. So absolutely. for those reasons, that's why Mortal Hulk is number three by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett.
And for our number two, we have a very contrasting book, I would say, because a lot of people took a liking to it right away and embraced this new bold direction that they're going in. And a lot of people, like the, you know, some of those fans, which I get it, they were kind of taken aback by the amount of changes that are happening in this book and how different the characters are. And of course, I'm referring to Eternals. Mm. So this book launched a few months ago, and I'm guessing, you know, it's a way, a segue for movie fans to get into the Eternals comic book. So after being born again, all the Eternals are now more or less fitting their, their movie counterparts in terms of, you know, race and gender, because they were really a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of white guys and uh, so they just really like they gender bent them and they race bent them because the Eternals do do that they whenever they're born again they can be born into a different body and so now they're four more fitting of the movie versions of themselves which a lot of people did not take a liking to I thought it was completely fine the characterization is still there uh Kieran Gillen or Kyron Gillen if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly mm -hmm. is a phenomenal writer I've been oh, yeah. a fan of his work oh, since yeah. Gosh, Young Avengers, The Wicked and the Divine. He's done so many amazing stories that have shaped the you know medium for the past decade. And so seeing him come on board Eternals, I was excited. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head for, for everything. And the one thing that I just want to say too is that like, I think it was how how the, the, the race and gender bending occurred was absolute, just such a brilliant idea. Such yeah, a and it idea. worked. It didn't. It wasn't jarring at all. No, no, it wasn't. They made like, it oh. work in logic. Yeah, right, right. They made it work to the Eternals as as a just as an idea and a concept. Yes, right. They, I mean, because they, they have been, you know, they have been gone for a while from the Marvel universe. They, I believe, committed a mass suicide back in Marvel Comics one thousand or. Was it? Uh, it was well. It was a. It was Avengers by Jason Aaron. I think issue five or or so. Issue four or five. Was it? I I thought it was like a big one of those uh, like event launching books. Either uh, anyway, you're right. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. It, whatever yeah, happened. So they, yeah. they've been out of the game for like about a year. I would say they've really not been around. And so we were all expecting them to be to come back in some sort of way. With the movie coming so close. Right. So having this new story, it really. It, it's really easy for someone who has never read an Eternals comic book to just pick it up and get familiar with this huge cast of characters and the relationship to Thanos. Yes. And yes. it's an interesting dynamic. They all got their own, they're all very unique characters. I specifically love an issue where Icarus and Sprite go to New York. That was one of my favorite issues. I thought it was very wholesome and funny. And they get to like meet other superheroes like Spider-Man and Iron Man, which I thought was really ni a nice touch to integrate them into the universe again. And the art is next oh, level. Next level. I, yeah. It just that's the reason I honestly, honestly. I know Rebek is one of your favorite artists of all time. Yeah. And, you know, this book just goes to prove why. Yeah, it really does. And, and it, you know, Asad Rubik can just handle big scope and big characters so well. And so I, that's why I was like, yep, this is going to work. Sign me he up. He really does. Like, they, he draws them. They're like larger than life. These icon figures. You oh, can yeah. tell the, the weight of the, you know, the characters that they bear with them. He's really talented. He's, he's a stroke of genius, honestly. Oh, yeah. It, it really is. And, and you know, just, just to say, you know, I wasn't totally sold I wasn't totally sold by the first like three issues. So mm -hmm. if you're going to read this, I would just urge you, 
please just, or if you're going to take one thing away from me from this podcast episode, it's to go until issue six of this series of Eternals, because it's going to leave your jaw on the floor and you're just, you're going to want more. I can absolutely, seriously. Um, So yeah, you know, for all those reasons, that's why Eternals by Asad Rabik and Kieran Gillen is number two. And before we hit it off with our number one and we close out this show, let's talk about our honorable mentions because there are so many good books coming out right now. We couldn't just narrow it down to five. So what is your honorable mention, Nick? Yeah, you know, I, I just what you know, this is a series that's that's only had two issues so far. It just came out, so it's still hot off the press if you're looking to uh, to get into it. We're talking about Moon Knight. Um, Moon Knight by Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccio, if I'm pronouncing that right. Capuccio. It's got to be I Capuccio. honestly don't know. Yeah, uh, Alessandro Capuccio, who I have not had that much exposure to before, but I really wanted to, to put this as, as, you know, my, you know, my shout out because I really like the whole aspect that Moon Knight's going back to his roots and he's pretty much just like a monster hunter. And he's, he's in that whole realm that I just love so much. And I always have, since I was just a little kid, just the, you know, the dark horror corner of the Marvel universe, where you know, with werewolves, yeah. vampires, all the things that go bump in the night. That's that's Moon Knight is there to protect people like you and I so that so that we don't have to deal and ex, be exposed to stuff like that. So I think it's a really good book. Um, I really like how Jed McKay is exploring the, you know, the DID that Moon Knight has and how it kind of works almost as a superpower of sorts. So I would urge you all to check it out. It's it's only been out for two issues. And, and you know, Moon Knight's getting a Disney Plus show soon that looks like it's going to be unbelievable so hop hop on the train now while while the getting's good and and seriously join us for the ride please and i just want to chime in and say because even though this is nick's honorable mention it's also a favorite of mine oh yeah um i love what jed did with moon knight because we're getting a lot more mr knight which is like another identity of his and it's really been stripped back it's it's not like big superhero kind of book it's really stripped back it's street level it's just you know Moon Knight dealing with people trying to protect his neighborhood and his city. And I'm going to, it's not really a spoiler. This, if you've read the Avengers War on Khonshu event, you will be familiar with this. But basically the book shows you what is Moon Knight without Khonshu, the god that he worships, the god that he is the avatar in this world for. So it's a really interesting direction to see Moon Knight take and Mark Spector in general. And I can't wait to see more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to, just to put the cherry on top there, I mean, I think you said it best because this is, this is a Moon Knight series that we really needed because it almost seemed like Marvel didn't really know what they wanted to do with Moon Knight, right? We saw him in Conan, the serpent war, and he was kind of like fighting with Conan through time. We saw him in the Avengers where he lost Conchu, which was a great story, but he kind of would just pop up here and there. You know, he popped up in Charles sold daredevil a little bit. And I will say Moon Knight for me has not been, as a huge Moon Knight fan, Moon Knight has not been good since Jeff Lemire's run. You know? Yeah, Jeff Lemire. Warren Ellis, followed by Jeff Lemire, both really great runs. Jeff Lemire's run got me into Greg Smallwood's art, which is absolutely spectacular. And it was a very, really good book. Like, for for a chunk of time, that was, like, one of my all-time favorites, and I would recommend it to anybody. Like, oh, you, you hate Marvel? Read this book anyway, because it's that good. So, yeah, I, this one, I would say it's shaping up to be quite interesting. 
not as good as Jeff Lemire's run for me because that one was on another level, but it is definitely up there among the good Moon Knight runs. Absolutely. So with Moon Knight being said, I'd love to hear yours. So mine is a bit of an interesting choice because I know that it's not being unfortunately picked up by a lot of people, but my honorable mention is Champions. So Champions has been in a rough spot in the past few years. They've been canceled and over and over again, unfortunately. But Eve L. Ewing recently picked them up and they had this whole mini event called Outlawed where the Marvel Universe banned heroes that were under 18 years of age, which was a very interesting thing. It kind of like was about to spark a whole nother civil war, but for teenagers, because there were some who were against it, some were with it, but it was a beautiful event. So if you want to check that out, I would highly recommend it. And then it's, it's, you know, still keeping up right now. There's a new volume coming out, but it's coming with a different team. It's written by Danny Lore. And I think that now that they're dealing with the repercussions of the event of Outlaw, and I really love how human the whole book is. You can see their relationships are falling apart. You can see them, you know, they can see the strain that this whole ordeal has put on the relationship. And I think it's a great, great book that is definitely worth a read. And it's also dealing a lot with like Roxxon, which is very interesting. I always love whenever Roxxon's involved. So if you want to check out an interesting book, I would highly recommend Champions right now. Excellent. Yeah. So if, if, you know, you folks listening are, are reading any of these so far, please let us know, uh, you know, what, what, if, if our order is correct, if you agree with our order and that's going to spill us into number one. Drum roll, please. Yeah. Yeah. Hit that drum roll. This is, this is, this series is, I mean, I, I can't even talk highly enough about it. If I mean, you're, listen, if you're reading comic books right now and this series has yet to come up, you, you, that's because you know it's coming at number one. Oh, because it's, it's like basically everybody's number one at this point. And for good reason, you know. If you're not reading Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky and Marco Schichetto, you need to drop what you're doing right now. Just stop, just stop the show. Just stop the show and just go out and, yeah. and pause. Find. Go yeah. read it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can talk again. <laughs> yeah. Not that we're going to be dropping spoilers, but this series is just, you know, every now and then any creator will tell you this every now and then it's very rare, but a masterpiece will come about. And I would consider, uh, I would consider this series a masterpiece, right? I mean, just the way that chip introduces some new characters, some new concepts, takes every single character out of their comfort zone. I mean, th- there's, this series is, is something to, to rave about. It really is. Yes. And it really speaks uh, like closely to Matt Murdock's kind of like, m- you know, moral compass and him struggling with that because he's always been a man of faith and he's always struggled with his moral compass and trying to be a vigilante while also being a man of faith who you know, wants to deny violence. So it's a very interesting direction. And they, I think Chip Zdarsky explored that beautifully. And Wilson Fisk is really good in that book. Oh. There's a, it's very street level. There's like a lot of mobster activity going on in the city in Hell's Kitchen. And I mean, if you've seen the covers, this is not really a spoiler at this point, but for some reason or the other, Electra dons the suit of Daredevil and that has been one of my favorite things to happen this year in like 2021 period. Hell yeah. Just the way it happened. It was just so in the purpose too, right? I'm not going to, yeah, 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 right. I'm not going to get into the purpose of, of why Electra is kind of doing this whole superhero thing, but um, it's very, it's an intense read. It's an intense read. And 
just especially the war on Hell's Kitchen event that was probably like yeah probably the best like two or three issues I've I've ever read in like the middle of a series um I remember like you were texting me like the day of you were like oh my god did you read the latest Daredevil issue I'm like no no I had no spoilers because man just so it gets me fired up talking about it like just remembering hey we're just gonna say you've got to you've got to read the series especially because it was just announced to, well, not just announced today, but issue uh, issue one of six for Devil's Reign, which is going to be an encompassing Marvel event uh, yeah. that that's going to have, you know, and I believe it when Chip says that there's ramifications coming from the Marvel Universe. I believe, I do believe Chip's at Arthur. Listen, I think it speaks volume when a book is so good that it spawns off its own event. Absolutely. And a good example of that that is also happening right now is X-Factor spawning the Trial of Magneto, which is like, you know, it's a very good segue. Yeah. And Venom. I think that's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so, yeah. You know, you know? just know a book is worth it if it's impacting the Marvel Universe that heavily. Yeah, very well said. So, um, yeah, please, please let us know what, what your thoughts are. If, if, you know, our number one stands true to what, what you folks are reading right now. And, you know, if there's any, any other comic series that we should be reading, let us know. We, we have, we have too much time on our hands. Let's just, let's be honest. We, you know, we, we're kind of sitting yeah. around, you know, we, we, we need to read some more. So please, please do us a favor and tell us what to be reading. So um, no, that's funny. I think that's, I think that's a great list. And, and just, if I could go back to one thing too, just, just about Hellions, I just, I have to rave a little bit more about <laughs> it. I just have to say one more thing, but you know, just reading Hellions for so long, I really like that we're getting an aspect of, of uh, Alex Summers havoc. Because mm. what I really want to stress here is that, you know, characters are very flawed, just like you and I, but Alex Summers seriously needs a mental health check. And I say this in the aspect of... He really um, does. He's gone through the ringer. Like, he has been through a lot of stuff. Yeah, And that yeah. stuff is usually touched upon because I feel like one of the books that did really touch heavily on Alex's mental health and what he's going through is X Factor by Peter David. He was heavily involved in that book at the late stages of it with Lorna Dane, and they really focused on what he's been going through and his powers and how his identity crisis that he's kind of going through right now. Yeah. So I think Hellions really plays on that and in a in a brilliant way. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head, but also what I was getting at too is the fact that um, you know he's still he's still hitting he's still very much in love with you know the 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 Dark Queen Madeline Pryor who mm-hmm. is his brother's ex-wife who he had a kid with it's pretty creepy it's pretty creepy and it like makes me you know i love when stuff like this happens in the comics because when you get to know the characters the dramas i'll admit the drama is the reason why i read comics it really (laughs) is seriously i have no problem comics for the big bang when we can watch action movies anywhere (laughs) right right but it's just like just watching these characters you know all kind of suffer in their own way it really makes for a great comic and, and it makes you root for them too. So, and that makes you sound very sadistic as well. It does. It makes me sound sadistic, <laughs> but I have to say, it. I have to say. It. So um, yeah, this was, this was, a, this was a great episode. You know, I, I love talking about these series. I really do. You know, everyone just has a special place in my heart and will be remembered um, for uh, as long as I'm reading, you know, every very fondly, we, absolutely yeah, very fondly, very fondly. So thank you to everyone who is listening. Thank you to the creators for putting out such amazing books. If any of you are listening, because we we're probably going to like at you for how brilliant your work is. So if you're any, any of you listening and would love to get on the show, we would love to have you please message us. 
So anyone listening, um, thank you for so much for being here with us. If you're new to the show, please stick around. We have a lot of exciting things coming up that we're very excited to share with you. And yeah, hit us a follow on geekable underscore podcast on Instagram. And we keep you people updated with everything that's going on in the comic world. And we even share some of our own little mini reviews in our stories. So hit us a follow. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Take care.